Good evening, guys. Welcome back to FPL Apprentices Season 2, Episode 8. Chris, we're back again. Would you like to say hello? Yeah. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, everybody. Thomas, you missed out your, your classic starter. Um, yeah, we're back for Episode 8 of Season 2. Feels good to be back as normal. Last week's episode was very, very short. We we were not expecting to even get our pod, so to to record a late night Thursday evening pod was you know better than nothing. But we're back with a proper episode this week. So we hit the wild card last week, Tom, and it wasn't the most successful wild card. Let's put it that way. No, no, it didn't go to plan. I mean, it was hard. We were both undecided on things, and I I don't think it helped that we didn't have a pod to properly discuss it. But no, it didn't it didn't go to plan. That's for sure. So we ended up with 52 points on the wild card. Disappointingly, both Trent and James, two of our premium defenders, didn't play, uh, which which did really affect us because we got, well, we got Livermento's five points off the bench, but Brandon Williams' zero points didn't help much. So that that score drops us from 2.1 mil to 2.4 mil. It's not terrible. It's four red arrows in a row, though, Tom. We really need to uh, start turning things around. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And like you said, Actually, when all our players decide to play, all their managers decide to play, then when they don't decide to get ill day before a game, then we might be all right. But yeah, some interesting, dis- disappointing week and some interesting picks in our team. Um, but yeah, hopefully we can we can sort out. Yeah, I, I want to mention we we really stacked up on on Wolves. It was a mistake I made in game week three last season when I played Merley Wildcard. I went with three Wolves players. We've gone again with three Wolves players. Now, before we did this, I hadn't actually watched Wolves play, which was always a risk, but everyone was banging on about how how good they've been, barely conceding any chances against the big teams, only losing 1-0, creating a lot of chances. So everything seemed really good. Now, I sit down at 12.30 on a Saturday morning and I watch what Wolves versus Brentford and Brentford outplayed them for the first half. Uh, and then they just sat back and, and absorbed all of Wolves' pressure in the second half. It wasn't a very impressive performance. Jose Sarr was very underwhelming. He looked a bit shaky, I can't lie. Semedo wasn't getting forward as much as Marcel, and Jimenez only got one chance. Now, I think it was home teams tend to be poor in 12-day kickoffs. Now, it might just be a thing in my head, and it might not be backed up by the stats, but that's always the way these things seem to go. The underdogs seem to do better at 12-30 on a, on a Saturday. They always seem to be more threatening. Um, but Wolves weren't overly impressive at all and we took the risk without did you watch your game Tom because I definitely didn't watch your game of Wolves up until we were yeah I had I had watched the game yeah so that was probably Wolves Tottenham on it and they did look they did look good in that game I've been told Uh, but we took a risk it didn't pay off this week Uh, Brentford played really really well though Um, and that'll be reflected later on in the pod when we talk about them a little bit but I don't think there's too much cause for concern with Wolves at the moment I, I don't think they're going to be as good as I was anticipating, but they'll still rack up clean sheets. I'm confident of that. Yeah, well, I'd watched them play, and I always knew that, that Jimenez was a risky pick because he can't finish, but we just have to hope he hits, he hits form because he's getting enough chances. So, realistically, he should start finishing, but I think he's definitely a player to, to watch. But defensively, they um they should get better, but... You see, you see how Brentford play. They play a weird style of football, so they're hard to play against. So I'm not, I'm not too worried about them defensively. But Jimenez, definitely a player on the chopping board for me already, because I was never confident yeah. with him. 
we did know the risks. We both said that on the board. We knew the risks. Yeah. He hasn't hit. Yeah. Um, and he's never been that much of an explosive player. But we we couldn't get to Antonio. We didn't have the money. Um, I think if we did, we we probably would have had him on the bench, to be honest. But we didn't have the money, just the way our team was structured. Um, but look, Wolves have got a good fixture. We shouldn't give up on Wolves. They've got Newcastle and Leeds to dodgy defences in the next four. So I don't think we... I don't think we should be too rash with our decisions. We built a wild card, not for one week. We built it for the long term. Sar and Samedo, I think, will be decent options for the next at least 10 game weeks. So not too much course, we can say. And we've got a couple of players in the midfield, Jota and Barnes, who are two risks, I would say, which didn't pay off. Jota missing a sitter against Palace and Barnes stopping his team, scoring two goals by somehow blocking Robert Sanchez's view. But... Anyway, I think this week, they let us down last week. This week, I think they'll turn it around and we'll see some returns from at least one or two of those three players, Jimenez, Barnes and Jota. Um, but our team, I don't think our team's in too bad of a shape. It, just, it was one of those weeks where we didn't have the players we needed to to move up the ranks like Ismail Assar. So, you know, these things happen. Yeah, and it's interesting because obviously I hit the wild card myself and I went with three premiums and did Six, six points are quite a bit better and I was I thought I, I was more worried about my team to be honest and maybe that maybe that's why I was a bit more distracted about my team and didn't put as much thought into our shared team but I think I mean I smashed the wild card so hopefully our team can, can turn it around um, in the next couple of weeks yeah and I think it will do we, we've we've got a team that's that's there for the long term there's only a couple of players that I would at the moment, be a slightly concerned about, but the, we got a good bench as well. That's that came in handy this week with Livermento off the bench for five points. So, you know, the team's not in too bad of shape. Um, I think we'll certainly have better weeks in the future. So, so yes, that was our team. Fifty-two points, three hundred k red arrow. Not in the worst position. Tom, could you give us an update on your rank? Because you must have seen a green arrow this week. Yeah, well, um, I was looking. Decent and then really good. Decided to score late on, but three million three hundred and thirty-three k. So I got a seven hundred k green arrow. So I'm on the up, like I thought I'd be. Uh, and as long as James starts playing, I think I'll be uh, I'll be in the top one mil by the end of game week ten, hopefully, which will, or at least around the area, which was my aim anyway. When I was said I was starting bad. Yeah. So we obviously chose James over Rudiger, and we could say Semedo over Rudiger as well with the hope that James played because he's more explosive an option. Turned out that went completely the wrong way uh, away at Spurs for Chelsea. But uh, we got James for the long term. I, I do think he's going to work his way into that team. He's just having a spell where he's not fully nailed, but he's got great fixtures. I think I think we're, we're fine with James at the moment. Now, I do want to talk about, Tom, a strategy that I've heard a few a few seasoned FBL players talking about, which is a change of strat to four at the back with with the premium defenders like Trent, like Rudiger, like Ruben Diaz and the Man City defence. Um, so what do you think about that? We've always hit the wild card and we've got three at the back and changing to four at the back would require a little bit of surgery in the midfield or forward line. Um, but do you think that, do you think the value will, will stay in the defence? Because at the moment it is offering great value with Rudiger's goal as well, things like that. Yeah, well, I mean, that's why with my team I went Ronaldo because then I can easily adapt. And yeah, I could 
definitely see myself with four at the back. Um, I think once City's fixtures get good, you'd want a City defender. You want Trent. You want Rudiger or James or Alonso, whoever, Chelsea defender. And then like a Semedo or someone like that. So, yeah, I can definitely see that type, see that as an option for sure. Okay. Yeah, I think a lot of people are talking about it and there's definitely for it will it stay that way for me um i think trent is always going to offer good value diaz has got good long-term fixtures a lot of people have got a luke shaw in in their defense that's an easy switch to rudiger i think um and rudiger seems pretty nailed like diaz it's just how risky do you go do you go for the nailed diaz rudiger or do you go a bit more risky with uh reese james that's the balance you gotta find but having a strong bench like we do, I think, allows us to take those riskies, risks. Uh, so, yeah, that's my that's my view on it. Anyway, moving on to the next part of the pod, Tom. I'll go through our results from the prediction game last week. Now, we did get guest predictions from your mate Daniel Sung, Tom. So, thank you to Daniel. Uh, he was a very, very ambitious predictor it has to be said four all Newcastle leads turned out he was the only one that got points in that game because uh, the, the game ended in a draw so no, I'm sure I'm sure the guests will take that Sam Maximan putting on a good performance so Tom did you watch the game? No no I was busy but I, I watched much of the day um, and I think if Wilson had been playing Lee, uh, Newcastle would have won so uh, so yeah Disappointed from Leeds, so that's for sure. Yeah, these look threatening. I agree with you, though. If Wilson was on the pitch, that's three goals for Newcastle, in my opinion. Joe Linton missed a good chance, but I think Leeds, Leeds, I love the way they play. It's a great game to watch in the first half, just end-to-end. The way Leeds make, they force opponents to just change their style. It's brilliant to watch. Uh, it turned out that Bamford only got an assist for Fini and ended up with one goal. Could have been a lot more for both of them. Uh, I think on another day, you're looking at double-digit hauls from both of them. So, you know, these are the way things go sometimes. Um, but, Tom, we did discuss Elan Melier on the pod in the last couple of weeks. Um, with the way Lee's defence is now, would you would you still consider him? Yeah, I think so. I'd still take him over Sar, I think, if you have Semedo as well, I think. But... I don't know. He's not going to get you many clean sheets, but he'll get you lots of saves. So I'm not sure. I'm not sure. But I think I I was close to going in on my team, but it didn't in the end. But their fixtures look so good that I, he'll, he'll get once he gets a one or two, once he gets a clean sheet, it'll be like a nine or ten point, I reckon. And then if you get two or three of those over like six game weeks, that's, that's quite good. Or even two over six. But I don't know. I think SARS, SARS should hopefully rack up six pointers, but. Let's just say Wolves keep the clean sheets. But yeah, I, I, I'd still suggest Melier, I think, as a keeper. Mm, I think. Because of the saves. Yeah. I can see that. They've got good fixtures, as you mentioned. Watford, Saints, Wolves and Norwich are four low-scoring teams. So that that puts Melier in a good good position for clean sheets. I, I, I personally don't think he offers as much value as Sanchez in an inform. Right in defence. I know Sanchez doesn't get many saves, but he's a damn lot more likely to get clean sheets. His fixtures are still pretty decent, in my opinion. Uh, so I think the value still lies in, in Sanchez. 
Um, I think you can rely on him more than you can rely on Melier. And with Lee's defensive issues, it's hard for me to to vindicate going for Melier over a tried and tested Robert Sanchez or um, someone like that. So that's my opinion. I'm 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 not fully convinced by Lee's defense at all, especially with all of their injuries. Looks like Ailing's out for this weekend as well, Tom, as well as Koch, Llorente, and so they've only got Cooper as a centre back. Strauch obviously suspended after his tackle on Elliott, so these defenses looking bare thin, and I'm not convinced at all. Uh, I think we could be seeing a big haul from uh, one of the West Ham attackers that somehow didn't play last week, but we'll get to that in a minute. Yeah, wait, well, yeah, well, well, that is why I went Robert Sanchez on my team, and it's funny I say that Melia is a good pick, but I, I'm I would be targeting anyone playing Leeds defence and probably putting the armband on them, so I sort of contradict myself a bit there. Um, but yeah, there's a reason I didn't go Melia in my team. They will rack up saves, but yeah, they're, they're definitely a team to target if you've got an attacking pair for them for sure. Yeah, certainly it's Melia Star plays them in two weeks. Tom, how are you feeling about that? Yeah, slap the arm, slap the armband on him. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah, you never know. Nah, Could be, a be good an shot. open game. It'll be an open game. Goals flying around. As long yeah, as it's not Josh King. Done, but not be fine. Next okay. game. Next game, Wolves versus Brentford. As I mentioned earlier, really impressed by Brentford in this game. Soaked up the pressure in the second half superbly well. They've got a really good team structure. Great team spirit, in my opinion. Antonio and Buemo just link up really nicely up front. They were tormenting that Wolves defence, especially in that first half. So, really impressed. I think people probably forget that they Brentford were playing with 10 men for 25, 30 minutes in that game as well. So, really, really impressed by Brentford. I think they're going to be a tough team uh, to beat this season. I really do. Uh, I think they've only lost one game so far this season. Um, most of their games they've drawn and they've won two, so they're, they're, they're doing well in the league. I think they're doing the best out of the promoted team so far. And, you know, I, I'm not surprised to see that at all. They're, the only game they've lost is Brighton at home, where they lost in the 90th minute. So, yeah, been really solid defensively. Only conceded two goals. Get that, Tom. Two goals all season. Yeah. Out of five games. That's really impressive. So, you would expect them to keep that up as well with their team structure. I'm really, really impressed. Liverpool, West Ham and Chelsea are going to have a tough, tough task on their hands to try and break down that Brentford defence. Super, super impressive. Like they, they give me the kind of feel Sheffield United a couple of years ago, but with a quality, quality striker in Ivan Tony. So I think we can expect very good performances and a, a good season from Brentford this year. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I always back them. I think when I did my table, I put them up quite high because I know the, the type of manager Thomas Frank is. They play a good style. And like you said, they got good players as well. So, yeah, no, I've always been impressed by them when they were in the championship as well. And obviously, my mates are friends with Dan, so I know a bit more about them. But, yeah, no, definitely, definitely an enjoyable team to watch this season and a team to watch for our FPL team as well. Certainly. they got a fixture swing in a few weeks. Uh, so I think that there's a lot of value in that team as well. Being a promoted team, all of their assets are very cheap. Most expensive player is Tony at 6.3 now. So they're certainly a, an enabling type of team. So very much a team to keep your eye on. We all predicted Wolves to beat Brentford. Um, so everyone got zero points in that game. I think they really turned up. I was not expecting them to be that good. So, you know, I was really, really impressed with Brentford. Yeah, I think a bit of FPL bias there in my prediction. I would have 
I think the lighthead maybe would have gone a draw. But yeah, no. Fair play to them. Um, we can skip over Burnley-Arsenal because I'm guessing that was a boring game. We don't really need to talk about that. Not much unless, you anything, unless you have anything to say, but one Yeah, and only thing to say for me is only Instagram guessed Arsenal to win. So everyone else got zero points. <laughs> Fair enough. Liverpool versus Palace was the next one. I think, understandably, everyone backed Liverpool to win. Uh, nobody got the correct result. Tommy were 3-1, I was 2-0, so we were both one goal off. Um, yeah. But I think it's understandable to back Liverpool at Anfield, 3 o'clock on a Saturday. Um, Mane scoring, Salah getting a goal and an assist. There was a little bit of concern we had right before the deadline of uh, Salah getting benched. And this mainly came from, from my part. I saw... I saw a tweet which said there was rumours of Salah benching and I had a little think about it under the, the pressures of uh, a lack of time. And I was I was slightly concerned that he might get it benched in the game. Um, wasn't the most logical um, no. thing to come to, but that's what, I, that's, the, that's what I ended up coming to. And in my own team, it cost me, cost me seven points because I switched to captaincy. Uh, thinking it was a good chance to to gain some points and switching to Balfour lost me seven, but I do think that was an unfortunate. I was unfortunate only to get five from Balfour, but anyway, that's that's past the point. Salah performing as he always seems to do at home against bottom bottom of the well, bottom half of the table club. So good performance. Palace were really threatening, especially in the first half, I think, and that's the way Liverpool play. You know, if you're if you're any team coming up against Liverpool, if you can play balls in behind, you're going to get good chances. And Paz came really close a couple of times, Tom. Yeah, I mean, Colin Gallagher could have had a couple of assists. I'm happy I've got him. Um, yeah, no, right at the start, Alisson tipped it against his post, didn't he? From Colin Gallagher assist, Benteke shot, I think. So, yeah, no, no. Good, good win for Liverpool, as expected. But I'm definitely happy with uh, Gallagher in my team. I think you should be. Gallagher looks to be pulling the strings in that Crystal Palace team and he looks very confident. You know, he's always trying to link up the play. Seems like, I would say, one of, if not the most... Slight technical difficulties, Chris, but um, we're able to back back and continue now. So if it sounds like it's been a quick pause between two, we've had to uh, restart a new section. So the old bit will be there, but we're back. we're back on for the next bit. Yes, you should have just heard me going on about Liverpool Palace. So we will move on now and on to Manchester City versus Southampton. A very surprising result in this game, Tom. Yeah, yeah. I mean, not much to talk about, but I think um, what I heard is Southampton played really well and were unlucky not to win. They are drama as well. Um, yeah, they played Southampton. Good defensive performance from the Saints. Uh, they had a penalty taken away from them as well. Now, that would have thrown the cat amongst the pigeons, wouldn't it? Ended up yeah. being no walk of red card. VAR overturning the red card from, I think it was John Moss. Tom, have you seen the incident? Yeah, I don't think it was a red, but I think it definitely could have been a pen. But I don't think it was a red. Mm, I think it, in my opinion, that's a fuck. And he's yeah. denying a one-on-one. So that's probably why they, the the referee gave the red card. Um, I think Man City got away with it. James Will Prowse was not missing that penalty. 
and yeah. Man City fairly fortunate to come away with 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 a draw. I'm I'm not overly impressed with Man City's attack. I don't think it's quite the same at the moment. The the, the front three is just not quite right in my opinion. No Mares, okay, no Foden and De Bruyne, uh, you know, playing regularly at the moment. But I, I don't really like the front three at all. I don't like the I like Grealish, but I don't like the fact that Jesus is on the right. I don't think it's I don't think that's Man City's best front three by any stretch. I think Pep could do a lot better than that. I, I, I don't know whether it's a fitness issue with players like Mahrez. I, I doubt it is. It's, it seems like a strange, strange decision not to be playing him. Uh, but Jesus and Torres both playing really out of position. I, I'm really not a big fan. I don't think Jesus and Torres are the players that are going to take Man City to a Premier League title and a Champions League glory. They need they need better players than that, in my opinion, like Mahrez. But they're not playing. It's, it's strange to me. I don't know. I mean, they scored five against Arsenal and they had Grealish, Jesus and Torres up front. So, I think it's just fair play to Southampton. I, 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 like, I don't mind it. I'm, De Bruyne will be coming back as well and could be in that attack. But I like Jesus from the win. But yeah, players like Sterling and Mahrez not getting game time is, is a bit weird. But you, Mar- this always happens with Mahrez. Pep just has something against them. But I think I think they'll... Well, maybe not the next two, but they'll they'll get that scoring from Waves. Obviously, Foden, Foden, De Bruyne coming back as well make a difference in the midfield. Certainly. I think we could be seeing a very interesting FPL option if Kevin De Bruyne goes into the centre-forward position, which he very well could. Uh, mm. I think that would change the scene in the in, in the sense of premiums in FPL. So, one to keep an eye on for sure. Pep seems to prefer De Bruyne at centre-forward in, in the bigger games as well, I seem to remember. So, Man City are playing Liverpool and Chelsea in the next two. Could be calling for a, a De Bruyne at centre forward and then everyone's heads are going to be turning. So, interesting developments there. One we need to keep an eye on. Um, yeah. Yep. Fair play to the Saints. A very big draw um, away at Man City and nobody expected that to happen as reflected by the, all the predictions. Everyone went with the Man City win, understandably. Uh, and Southampton come away with the draw. So, well done to the Saints. Yep. Good result. Next game. Oh, I'm sure you're very pleased with the outcome of this game, Tom. I'm I'm fairly pleased with the fact that I called out three players for this game and all three of them returned. Uh, Norwich versus Watford. Now, in the watch list, I've been banging on about Watford and Tom's been banging on about not going for Watford. Uh, turns out every single one of those players I was banging on about grabbed at least a goal, uh, at least six points. So, and they're playing Norwich, so I need to see them do it consistently first because it's the worst team yeah. in the league. Tom, Tom they're on the watch list for this swing of fixtures. We're starting with Norwich. This is why this is why I was talking about them. This was the game to hop on uh, Watford. And if you did, fair play. I think you've got good like options. Yeah, like you, like you did, Tom. Thankfully, yeah. you, uh, you you did what I said and it was paid off. So. Yeah, you were the only one to predict the Watford win as well. And no, I say that back, Daniel Sung also predicted uh, you Watford didn't to win. did go Watford win after banging on about them? I went oh, with wow. a one off. Yeah. Oh, wow. So, uh, so really, uh, there's no credit to you if, you, if you're only accepting to score one. I don't know if you're taking, taking the credit for these goals here. You got uh, I, think I, I had the wrong mindset doing the predictions as reflected by my total score last week because I went for very low scoring all round. And it normally it's doesn't end up too well. So 
Anyway. My man Pookie scored as well, which I didn't consider putting him in my own team. I considered having him in my own team as well, but thankfully I went saw with a Pookie. Uh, <laughs> but no, good to see Pookie scoring. Let's hope it's a turn of form for, for the man, the main man, from a couple of seasons ago. But yeah, no. I think it was a, a six point bottom of the table, six pointer there. So, well, maybe not. I think what could set up, but it was a big win for Watford, that's sure. Good to see them firing, though. And Foster as well, which was not put on our bench for some reason. But on my bench, he's back in favour because Batman's injured. So let's hope he stays there. Could be playing him this weekend, maybe. Up, up the oh. Foster train. Do you know if it, Do you know if he had his GoPro in goal, Chris? Was he allowed it in the Prem? I don't know I if you saw him. No, no. No, because he did a video of Let's Talk FBL and he said he wasn't sure if the Premier League would let him. Um, so it'd be interesting to, to find out after check his YouTube channel. But, you know, he'll be wanting to make some good saves for his YouTube if he does have it. So even more of a reason to play him, that's for sure. <laughs> Legend. Looks like player. a great character. I saw an interview of him after the match and he, 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 said, he, uh, he said something which I found quite funny. He's like, I can't do things on a on a Tuesday afternoon that I can do on a Saturday afternoon with all the adrenaline. The man just just he just becomes a different animal on a Saturday afternoon and the adrenaline's flowing. And I think he put in a half decent performance. Didn't I think his keeping was pretty poor for the bookie goal, but apart from that, didn't didn't concede any other goals. So fair play to him. I think he, he kept a couple of saves as well. Um, so yeah. fair play to Cycling GK. But the focus of that game really was the Watford attack. They looked very threatening. Saar could have had four goals. Dennis with a goal was absolutely tormenting Max Aarons, I believe. And Josh King getting two assists. So, Watford looking good. They seem to have found that front three, that trident of Dennis, King and Saar. And I think that will that will give them a good option, a good chance of staying up this season because that's, that's Premier League quality, in my opinion, those three. Yep. Danny Rose as well, back in the Watford team, 4.3. Nice player to keep an eye on. That's for sure, because he used to be good attacking wise. So, see if he keeps a spot and see if he's see what he's like pace wise and stuff. Slipping in a few balls, that's for sure this season. Racking up a few assists, hopefully. All right, uh, next game. Which was what was the next game? Villa versus Everton. Now mm. we went with uh, an Everton winning this one after their after they turned it around against Burnley on on the previous Monday night. They didn't end up going the way we thought. Now, I thought Everton, by watching the highlights, they'd look fairly threatening. Gray had a couple of opportunities, um, a couple of decent opportunities. One he just put wide, narrowly. And it wasn't until after half-time when Matty Cash scored his first Premier League goal that things started to change. And Digne, poor, poor defending, in my opinion, from the goal for the second goal, allowing uh, Villa to go two up. And then the third goal was just... Wonderful counter-attack. Ings with a great ball over the top. And Bailey sticks it away nicely. Could become a, an option. I think he did get injured in that game. He was a substitute, but then he got brought back off. Uh, so, something to keep an eye on. But I think if Bailey gets his place nailed, he could certainly be an option. Ings looks like the assister in that team. Uh, and if Bailey gets some regular minutes under his belt, he's he's a, he's a, he's a one to keep your eye on. But a very impressive performance by Villa. And they really turned it around because I don't think they've started very well. Um, I was looking at Man United's fixture game at six before this week. And I thought, yeah, Man United have got a good chance of smashing Villa. Now I'm really not convinced. I think it'll be a close game. So 
well played to Villa. Um, but your man, Gray, Tom, narrowly missing out on the points. Yeah, if DCL played, he would have got at least assist an assist because he, he was putting balls in a good area. Just Rondon's not as um, attacking-minded like DCL in the box. But, yeah, no, I'm not worried about that. Um, Bailey, 23 minutes he played, I think. 20 minutes, a goal and an assist and a man of the match. He was buzzing after the game. But this is his second injury of the season, so could be a uh, Callum Wilson V2 um, with injuries. But no, he's definitely someone I, I'd be watching if he does if he does stay fit because he's a class player and I knew that before he joined. But yeah, no, disappointing for Everton. They've got no Pickford, no Richarlison, no DCL to after the international break and someone else. I can't remember who is much. It's a defender, I think. Who? Coleman. Oh, yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah. But um, Dinier just scored in the um, Caribou Cup, actually, just now. A screamer, apparently. So that'd be good for FPR managers tempting them for the Norwich game. But yeah, no. Um, I mean, Rondon up front for a couple of game weeks, not for me. But I'm definitely happy for Gray to. Uh, I think he played up front for some of the game as well. So could be a big haul in coming against Norwich. But yeah, I was disappointed with Everton. Um, but yeah, fair play to Villa. And this could be the turnaround for Villa. And they can start hitting some form. I mean, well, their fixtures like not great, but then they have a good run. We didn't even look at Martinez, but I think he's just too expensive. I don't know. Probably is I'm not fully convinced by Villa yet. They need to do a bit more often. And their their fixtures are there's a sea of green, but if you actually look at their fixtures, there's like a Brighton and a Wolves. I'm not totally convinced. Not yet. Villa need to do more for me. Um, I think Gray's positioning was actually very promising as well to him. He seemed to be playing almost like a striker at points, which is very promising for you. And with Richarlison out until 17th of October, which turns out to be game week eight. So that's the number three weeks. Um, I think Gray's going to keep playing in that position. And if DCL comes back before then, then Gray's going to be playing off DCL. And you did mention a chance that Rondon had to score from a grey cutback. And, well, I think DCL, you're right, would have scored that. So once DCL gets back, I think that's good news for Damari Gray. Once Richarlison's back, though, I think that's bad news for Gray. You could be seeing some rotation there. I'm not convinced Richarlison, DCL and Gray play every week. But I'm here to be proven wrong. Could happen, could not, I'm not sure. But promising times for Gray in the short term. Yeah, well, I mean, Gray's not there for a season holder, is he? He's a cheap player that can easily go in a couple of game weeks' time. But he was playing with DC and Richarlison, but he was playing right right mid. So I don't think he'll lose his place if he's playing well. But yeah, no, he's a player that can easily go. What I need is a couple of returns in the next couple of game weeks, and he's done his job. As long as he outscores the core, I know. I don't mind. <laughs> next game. Well, Corey is a season-long player. If he if he keeps sticking mm, over, I don't know. I, I don't know. I wouldn't say. I wouldn't say anyone's a season-long player apart from Salah and maybe Lukaku. You know? I, wouldn't, I wouldn't say the core is. Well, in the sense that he's not going to get benched or anything. He's playing ninety minutes every week, so he's constantly there as an option. Right, five point five though, a mil more than four point five player, a mil more than Sissoko. But who else was to say? Let's hope. <laughs> All right. Next game, Brighton versus Leicester. Everyone, again, predicted the wrong result. Brighton turning up again. That's four wins out of five. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. I mean, 
I didn't see much of it, but by the sounds of it, Leicester have robbed, so we might have been unlucky with our predictions there. Um, but Vardy, Vardy's scoring again. Three goals in his first five. He started off, well, he started off a lot better last year, but he was the pen merchant last year. Um, but again, Chris Neil Morpay scoring as well. A player I tried to put on our watch list um, and got shut down. But now I'm not sure. I'm not sure on Brian attack, but defensively, I think I'm pleased I have Sanchez. When, when says, and one thing interesting as well. See, Duffy's been playing in the the middle of the um, centre back, so he keeps going up for corners as well. Got another assist, and he seems to be like if someone else got injured. I don't know who it is in their back three, but he looks like he'll be keeping his place again. Four point two, definitely, definitely an option. What you say? Four point three now. Webster's got injured. I don't know the extent of Webster's injury, but Duffy Duffy's got the one of the biggest goal threats in the league, in my opinion, from set pieces. He's an absolute beast. He's already scored one goal this season, got an assist for best card tamble. We can expect to see more points from Duffy uh, offensively in the future, I'm sure of that. one hundred percent he looks a massive threat from from corners. And I can see him racking up at least five goals this season, a couple of assists, I can't lie. Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Webster's out for at least another month as well. Um, so, yeah, no, definitely, definitely a good player if you're wildcarding soon. Um, but, yeah, oh, I don't, I don't, again, I didn't watch the game because I was watching the other game, but so I haven't really seen the highlights. But disappointing from uh, Leicester. Again. Yeah, well, they look. They they scored two goals, which are ruled out because Harvey Barnes was in an offside position, supposedly in the way of Robert Sanchez, which I thought, I, especially one of them, was very unfortunate. Um, I think Leicester on another day easy draw that game. But fair play to Brighton, they they they've started off this season so so well, and it's good to see because they've 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 had good they've had good stats in the past couple of seasons, but it hasn't converted into points. They've been struggling, you know, the relegation battle. But this season, I think they're going to push on towards the top 10. A really promising start. And certainly, as I mentioned earlier with Sanchez, they're, they're, they're reliable defence. Um, what's it called? Set and forget Robert Sanchez, goalkeeper this season at 4.5. I think he, he won't offer many saves, but he's going to get clean sheets with the way this Brighton team plays. Um, that, that, does, that does make me think, actually, Tom. Brighton play far at the back. Now, that reminds me of David Rea, who plays for Brentford, and I was really, really impressed, as I mentioned earlier, by Brentford's defence, who also play five at the back. I think Rea will pick up possibly a few more save points than, than Sanchez. And if you're looking at a wildcard game week eight or so, then Rea actually looks like a very, very decent option. Uh, I think Brentford, only two goals conceded so far this season, one of them a super late goal against Brighton, they've been really, really solid. And I think fixtures from gaming nine onwards are just as good as Robert Sanchez's. So, uh, an option to consider, I believe, on the World Cup. Oh, yeah, yeah, 100%. I mean, we've, we've spoken about them every week, I think, like about Brentford defence and looking at Rhea. Um So, yeah, no, definitely. I agree. But it's just this, for us, on the World Cup, this spread of red. Um didn't, didn't look great, really, did it? I can't see... I can see maybe one clean sheet in the next four. But at the end of the day, again, it's still not the worst. Um, but, yeah, no, definitely a player to consider. Because Brentford will keep racking up clean sheets, I think. Certainly. 
they're not rotating too much. They got a very, they haven't really got rid of any players from the championship. I think they've added a, added one or two players, but the core of that team all played pretty much every minute in the championship. So they've got a really good team spirit, and they're gonna they're gonna soak up the pressure and a bit like Chelsea did uh, against Spurs, I think, and the and but like Chelsea always seem to do when they're under pressure, they just soak it up and then. And then score a goal later in the match. They're very good at doing that. I think Brentford have got a similar kind of structure with five at the back. So really, really impressed by Brentford. They're so they are certainly a team to keep your eye on, especially with this fixture swing coming up in a couple of weeks. So pay attention to Brentford is what I'm saying. Yep. For sure. Okay. West Ham versus Manchester United. Late drama in this one, Tom. Lingard, of all people, scoring in the 90th minute. And then Noble coming on to miss a penalty in the 95th. Action packed into the game. But Man United, yet again, come from behind to win the game. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, by the looks of it, Ronaldo should have had another pen as well. But he's gonna he keeps diving, so he'll, keep, he'll win a couple of pens soon. And by the looks of it, I think he's the pen taker, the way he's going down for pens, Chris. Um, he wants those pens, so I think he'll be taking them because he, he is trying to get a pen any time possible. Um, but I do think he, ha- I do think he has lost a, a tiny bit of pace or something because that's twice now I've seen him be from goal or in front of the defender and he hasn't been able to get the shot away. He did it in the Champions League and he did it at West Ham as well where he should have scored really. So I think it's I think he's still going to bang you in the goals, but um, that's something to monitor. But yeah, no, brilliant result for United and interesting decision from Moyes I mean it never seems to work I was at Spurs when Vardy came on first kick the game missed his pen Sancho and Rashford missed their pens Noble misses his pen it doesn't seem to work because you're not warmed up you haven't felt the ball you haven't really felt the pitch so it's a shame for Mark Noble um, and I bet Declan Rice was uh, kicking himself but I don't know how much better his pen would have been to be honest but um, yeah good result for United that's for sure yeah yeah okay Moving on to the next game. Spurs versus Chelsea. Last game of the game. Chelsea coming out with a 3-0 win, Tom. Now, I imagine you watched this one. Uh, yeah, I watched 70 minutes. Or yeah, I mean, Spurs are good. Spurs were the better team first half, but it just shows the quality in class. Our managers, Dupel, Bron, Kante, quality of the bench. I mean, if you look at Tottenham's bench, they had two attacking options as a sub, Gill and... Um, Dane Scarlett and you look at Chelsea's bench and with the likes of Mora and Bergwijn out there didn't help but second half Chelsea are much better um, and it's worrying times for, for, for Spurs because they were they've got three they weren't comfortable in their three wins and now they've been hammered three, two times in a row 3-0 so I mean not looking great but yeah, Chelsea had, like we said on the wild card a team to invest in, whether you do it early or not. I mean, we got unlucky with James and Lukaku not to get any returns. But they're definitely a team for the season. They're players, I think. Um, I'm not sure on... I'm not sure that on the triple Chelsea, though. I think if I went triple Chelsea, I'd go two defenders. I'm not sure on Mount or Havertz, to be honest. Because they're players that can easily get subbed. I think I'd prefer James and Rudiger or... James and Asby or whoever and then Lukaku I don't know what your thoughts on that I agree with the attack Chelsea you know Ziyech's been playing a little bit at the start of the season Werner's not going to not play at all Mount got subbed at 45 which suggests he picked up uh, an injury um, Havertz I think he'll play fairly often but with Champions League 
you just cannot rely on, on those two support uh, attackers for Lukaku. I think Lukaku and Rudiger, along with the two midfielders, well, along with Jorginho. Well, can you even say along with Jorginho? I think Lukaku and and Rudiger are probably the only two players that we can rely on to play regularly throughout the season. Uh, the rest of the team, Tuchel, rotates. And something that Pep did when he was having a lot of success with Man City, and Tuchel's done it and had a lot of success with Chelsea. It just looks like that's what you need to do to win these big competitions. You need to use the your squad depth. And so that, that means for FPL, you know, it's a risk. It's a big risk if you don't go for those regular players like Rudiger and, and Nikaki. Um, but there is so many points uh, on offer with that Chelsea defence of players like Rhys James and Alonso if, if he's nailed. The, the risk is the punt is there to be taken but I think the more I think about it the more I think that the reliable consistency of Rudiger or Diaz is, is more beneficial than a, than the explosiveness of a Reese James yeah yeah I mean I don't think you necessarily need to rotate the team to win the league because Liverpool did it and they didn't really rotate much but it, like you said, it works. And when you've got the squads of Chelsea and Man City, they can easily do that. Um, and one one thing, I, I mean, I went James on my t- team over Rudiger, partly due to the advice you gave me. I'm not going to put any blame out there, but I should have done re- more research myself. Um, that was my bad there. I was a bit lazy. But I think James's hauls will come. I, you can't see Rudiger scoring every game and give it two game weeks and James would have outscored him and he's got a 15-pointer and we'll be laughing. But Again, is it where if James starts missing two or three games every six games or something, then that's when we start getting a bit worried and maybe look to make a sideways move. But I think for now, James will get back in his place soon. And once he starts firing, he should be fine. And again, he didn't come on as a sub, which is promising. So if he doesn't play, we, like you said, we've got the depth. But do you really want to be missing out on the Chelsea defence clean sheets if James isn't playing? So I did see something interesting where people said, I'd only go James if I had Rudiger as well. So people were saying on Twitter. Because then you're definitely going to get one Chelsea return. It's just over yet two. So again, that's where the double up looks quite good. You definitely get a James and a Rudiger. You wouldn't go James and Alonso or James and Christensen. Um, yeah, Rudiger's definitely someone to watch is it, if we did switch to four at the back. Because he is nailed. And I think he will play nearly every game um, this season. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I just want to mention... Kane's had a terrible start to the season, really. Um, and it's made me think about Ronaldo. You know? Both Bruno and Shaw seem to be targeting Ronaldo with crosses. Uh, stats show that there is more crosses coming in from especially Luke Shaw aiming for Ronaldo. We've, we, we've known in the past how high Ronaldo can jump. And he just looks such a threat whenever the ball goes in the box because he can jump like a metre higher than anybody else. In, in the box. He's such a big threat from from these crosses. And not only that, but his positioning and his experience helps him get into get chances that a lot of other players wouldn't get out. We saw that when uh, I think Ryan Fredericks or someone like that, the right back, made a poor mistake and passed it in towards Bruno. And Ronaldo was in the perfect place for a three ball from Bruno. And Ronaldo should have really scored that great save from Fabianski, prevented it. Um, but Ronaldo is by far better than Kane as a as a premium strike option. I think Kane looks a bit a bit of dead wood at the moment. He really needs some revitalising. 
but Ronaldo was getting a lot of chances and on another day he gets two goals and an assist. So I think I was also very disappointed to see Ronaldo not square it to Greenwood, the, the greedy bastard. Uh, Greenwood being in my own scene. But uh, these things happen. Ronaldo, he's a, he's a striker who's got a load of goals because he's been greedy at points and he's going to get so many goals with this Man United team. I think even through this tough spell of fixtures, which I was looking at and thinking, you don't really want Ronaldo for that. I'm starting to think against that. Unless the signs that he's going to get benched and he's going to get his minutes managed more, even against the big teams, Ronaldo's going to get the chances and he, he, he's certainly, certainly worth considering keeping, uh, even through this tough spell where they play a lot of pretty much the whole of the top half of the table in the next five or six games. So, Yeah, I mean, I have two things to say. First of all, that's why I put Ronaldo in my team because I knew that I didn't want, wouldn't want to have to make the decision to go to Lukaku if Ronaldo was firing. And there's always that luxury now where I can just be like, well, I just stick Ronaldo and keep him for the rest of the season. Um, so that is part of the reason I got on Ronaldo. Secondly as well, an interesting fact about Kane, the last time he blanked the first four games, he won the golden boot. But I, under Nuno, I can't see him. I mean, I, like he's, look, this, I can't see him doing well. He looks like he's going to struggle. I mean, he did it under Mourinho, but I mean, I'd, I'd say give him a few more games. But with the other premium options, I don't think he'd be soon. But I wouldn't be afraid personally when he, him and Son start hitting form if they do to get on him. But yeah, he doesn't look the cane of last season. And I think the way Nuno sets Spurs up, he is going to really struggle this year. I think Son, Son will be the man for Spurs goals wise um because of because of the way Spurs are looking to play. But yeah, um I'm very happy to be owning Ronaldo and my team because it's a it's a transfer people will probably be looking to well they won't make it because they won't be able to. And everyone will go Lukaku on their wild card. So I mean Ronaldo is now forty seven percent owned, they're saying that. Um so he's shot up quite quickly. But you'd hope that hopefully that drops off. Hopefully blanked um game week Actually, I don't want him to blank game six. Hopefully, Banks blanks game week seven whenever on wild cards or something, and then they forget about him. But I don't think you can forget about Ronaldo. But yeah, no, that's why I'm pleased I got the luxury option of keeping Ronaldo long term. Yeah, yeah, I can. I, I certainly thought when we were wild card, and I said this to you, I can see Ronaldo being a, a transfer out in a couple of weeks. But the next three actually looked like good fixtures for him. And after that, Spurs, see Liverpool, Chelsea in the next five or so. I can still see him picking up two or three goals in that time, possibly more. Um, so he's, he's so many people are going to keep holding him this season because it's Cristiano Ronaldo. And so whenever he hauls, if you don't have him, you're in trouble. And so it's, it is a worry not having him. I think he's just as much as a worry as Salah now. Similar ownership, similar points potential. We, it's a big risk, big risk going, going with Bayern. Yeah, and that, that that is what I was saying last week. And the thing is, as well, Chris, is with his ownership being so high, I mean, it shouldn't matter in a couple of weeks. We should be in a good rank. But like all our mates that are casual players, they're like, I'm just slapping the captain on Ronaldo for the rest of the season and not changing it. So it's like, that, that's, and obviously all the, the, the games are very highly populated with United players, United fans, and they'll just put the armband on him. But he's going to be quite high owned. Um, so I'm bloody pleased I own him. And it's Ronaldo. And, should never bet against Ronaldo. So, um, thank goodness, thank goodness I've got him. And let's just hope Lukaku can keep us ticking. Because it'd be hard to get Ronaldo in. No, it'll be impossible, really. Unless you drop Salah. Which is, which we won't make that mistake again, I hope. 
rule number one on FPL premise, don't drop Salah. <laughs> yeah. Salah stays until he gets injured or until he plays in the African Cup of Nations, which I wouldn't be surprised if Liverpool blocked him playing in there when we get to uh, January, the way Liverpool keep blocking him playing for Egypt. So he just stays for the rest of the season. Um, but anyway, I think we've uh, waffled on enough, Chris, on the uh, on this part. Shall we uh, move on? Yeah, I wouldn't say waffle, Tom. There's been a, there's been a little bit of waffle, but there's been there's been some insights, um, some conciseness that we've given. Um, so I think a pretty good um, run through of the the ten games this week, and a few teams that we both mentioned that we need to keep an eye on, and a few situations unfolding. I think it's been quite quite some good some quite good discussions there. I think I decided, I think I made the right decision to. Uh... For my anchor to cut when you were talking about Liverpool, though, otherwise we might have been there for another ten minutes. But yeah, no, no, definitely, we've definitely discussed some good points for sure. Waffle was the wrong word, um, but yeah, uh, moving on. So, differential. I'm just going to go straight into it, Harvey Barnes. And, uh, I'm not going to go first. I'm in case you nick mine because you went first last time. Did you not hear what I just said? No. Oh, go on. You won't have chosen who I've chosen, but go on. Uh, Andrus Townsend for me. My he's my pick. Playing Norwich, um, and I would I would have gone Gray, but I've really put Gray, so I can't go. Even Everton off a three 0 loss, it's time for them to to bat in Norwich. So, and he's the man. I love Townsend. Your pick, Harvey Barnes, four point four percent owned this is week to shine. He's shown he's shown some promise. In the last couple of weeks, he's got into better positions. He's got a few chances. The haul's coming. Everyone's hopped off him. He's gonna he's gonna haul big against Burnley. I'm calling it now. Double digits coming up. You're not allowed, Barnes. I blocked him in the uh, differential game. Once I sold him from my team, he's been banned from being picked. I'm afraid. And you mean you mean um Ashley Barnes, yeah? Tom. Just because you're worried now that I've brought up the fact that Harvey Barnes my differential and you think he's going to haul, uh, does not mean I can't pick him as my differential. He's 4.4% owned. Right? But he's, he's, my he's my player from last year. So it's sort of a bit scummy, really. It'd be like me picking... Uh, Who? Like Sterling or something from a couple of seasons ago because he was your player or I think it was Sterling or someone like that. Or me picking uh, him... Harvey Barnes is my pick, Tom. Stop, stop talking nonsense. Harvey All Barnes right, well, would be... Andros Townsend for you onto the watch list. All right. All right. Well, oh, no, just quickly the scores of the differentials I've got 21, you've got 18. So I've uh, taken the lead courtesy of Damari Gray game before. Um, oh, yeah. And prediction game results. You're on 23, Tom, and I'm on 31, just to update you. All right. Nice. <laughs> Good to see I'm behind. That's where I like to be. Chasing the puck. All right. What do you say? Um, uh, watch list. Yeah, watch list. All right, I've got some good picks. Got some good picks. That's for sure. Um, where should we start? Defense. Yeah. Actually, we need to get the watch list up first and see if there's any players we need to get rid of. No one's safe on this watch list. Let me get it up. All right. So, on the watch list currently is Reese James. Let's remove Reese James because he's already in our team. Remove uh, Samedo. We can remove Samedo. Don't you think, yeah? Yep. Okay, we can remove Jimenez as well. 
Um, we can keep. Do we keep Saar? Oh, I reckon we keep Saar. Mm, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, he's still got decent fixtures for the next five or six. Uh, we can keep Ronaldo because again, he's a player we can keep watching to make sure he can, even though he's pretty well. Odegaard's on there. I reckon we keep him because he did just score and he's cheap and he's got decent fixtures still. Um, yeah. and then Dennis is on there, so I don't know if we want to keep. I reckon we keep Dennis as well. Yeah. Okay. All right. Um. So defenders, do you want to go first? Kieran Tierney. No, he came off at seventy-seven minutes. There's a slight chance he has a knock, but Arsenal have got two clean sheets in a row. Granted, against the two possibly worst attacks in the league, but he's on my he's on the watch list because I want to watch him for the next two weeks against harder opponents, Tottenham and Brighton. He's going to be tested. The Arsenal defense is going to be tested, but. Their confidence is slowly building again now. And a win against Spurs will just change the whole dynamic of their season. And somehow would also put Arsenal on the same amount of points as Spurs. But anyway, after that, he plays Palace, Villa and Watford and Newcastle in the next five. So a, a very good run of home games. Uh, uh, home games generally is where you're going to keep more clean sheets. So I think this man is going to keep some good clean good clean sheets in the in the future his threat and his creativity has not been insane but he always gets forward and he's whipping in balls it's just not fully uh been translated into goals and, and assists so he, look, he's never been the biggest goal scorer but he's definitely got an assist in him and i can see them coming um expected goal involvements this season is still under one so he's not he's not the most offensive, but I do think that I do think that will change. I feel like he's a better cross or two, and he's he's there with an assist or two already. So I think Tierney is a good option. Arsenal got good long term fixtures up until second half of the season, really. So they're really a team to invest in in the long term. And um, playing our wild card early means we can't play it for another fifteen. So someone like Tierney can get us through a long time. Yeah, the funny thing is with this is. I think a few. I think maybe it was game with two. You tried to put an Arsenal defender on, or you tried to you consider him as a transfer. And I was like, nah, nah, nah. And then we you watched him and play City, and you're like, we're going nowhere near Arsenal defence. Two game weeks later, you want to put him on our bloody watch list again. You missed a roundabout with the Arsenal team. Um, I mean, he's got good fixtures. He's unreliable as he get seems to get injured all the time. He's playing in the Arsenal defence. I think my player will, will top the player. Um, so my player has has uh, played every game this season in a in a Pep Roulette team, and it's Cancelo. Now the reason Cancelo's on there is because we know City are cons- well, well, well. I've, we know City are consistent defensively, but they play Chelsea and Liverpool again. You want to see with the Champions League being on. Is he definitely nailed in the Prem, Cancelo? To see his consistency of him starting in the Prem. Obviously, his only competition is really Zinchenko at left back and then Walker at right back. Because obviously, we don't talk about Ben Mendy. Um, but I think he's, he's, you saw how good he was last year. He's playing in that city back line, six mil. He's a bit, bit more exciting than Diaz. Um, and I think he plays nearly every game. I think he's in City's best defence. Um, so, 
I, I don't see why not with Cancelo. And then after Liverpool, it's Burnley, Brighton, Palace. Um, so some decent run. And to be honest, City don't really need to be playing um, easy teams to keep clean sheets. I don't know what your thoughts are on Cancelo. Well, certainly last season, I remember Ben Mendy played in quite a few of the, the games against easier opponents. And he came up yeah. with some big holes. Um, so Ben Mendy pretty much out. Well, indefinitely. He is out. Yeah, he's definitely out. Uh, that means that the only competition is Zinchenko. At the moment, it looks like Cancelo's being favoured to Zinchenko. You've also got the chance that Walker gets benched. So, mm, eight times out of ten, Cancelo's playing. And his threat is better than Tierney's. Uh, fixtures long-term, very similar to Tierney's. I think it's undeniable that Man City have got a stronger defence and a stronger and Cancelo is a stronger offensive output. But you've got to consider the cost as well. Tini is 1.1 mil cheaper. Um, and he's a straight switch from Semedo if things go wrong there. Um, and Cancelo requires some surgery. Uh, but I think for the goal for I do like the idea of him being on the watch list when he's playing two tough teams in Chelsea and Liverpool when the Champions League's going on. Because that's a real test to see whether Pep wants to play him a lot. So I I can't have too many complaints of sticking Cancelo on the watch list, to be honest. Yeah, well, I mean, all we do is just drop Yotta or Barnes to your man, Saar, and Samada goes to Cancelo. And it's as easy as that. So I think I, I think I should slap him on. Happy with that? Yeah. Oh, fine. <laughs> One Arsenal player on the watch list is enough for the moment, I think, Chris. Um... Not a bad shot, though. Not a bad shot. Next player, I'll go first, midfielder. Uh, we talked, spoke about him earlier, Leon Bailey. Now, obviously, like we said, you said he's a player to watch. Um, and I think this injury he's got isn't that bad. So, again, he's someone to watch. Is he going to get in consistently into the team over the next couple of game weeks? Which I think he will. He plays Tottenham and United. And then he has a great run of fixtures. Wolves, Arsenal, West Ham, Southampton, Brighton, Palace. So, I mean, it's, it's not an amazing, but there's definitely goals in I'd say most of those games. Um, and we get to see him against United and Tottenham and see if he is in their strongest starting lineup, which again, I think he will be. Obviously, they have been playing, yeah, they've been playing five at the back with uh, Watkins and Ings. So I don't really know where he'll play unless he plays wing back, but I'm not really sure. I don't know where he came on the pitch, to be honest. But I think um, with his quality, he's definitely a player to watch. Um, and this is the thing, put him on the watch to see where he'll play, if he's going to start, see if he's consistent, see if he is going to be injury-prone all the time. Um, so, yeah, I'm not sure what your thoughts are on him. Decent option. I did say earlier, he's one to watch. Uh, but I think my man is more of a man to watch. You know he's going to start. You know he's an out-of-position midfielder. Brian and Boomer. Next three games, Liverpool, West Ham, Chelsea. Tough games. After that, fixture swing. Only plays one of the top six teams in the next about 10 game weeks. So a really good fixture run after Chelsea at home. This man links up brilliantly with Tony. He misses a lot of chances, but he gets a lot of chances as well. All it takes is a good performance from him and you've got 16 points. I really think this man is one to keep an eye on at 5.5 mil. He's going to be a massive enabler and I don't think you can get much better on the watch list than this man. I don't know. I mean, you say that he's a he's 16... Point, he's a, uh, a game away from a 16-point haul, but you could say that about someone like Traore, and that's just never going to happen. But 
again, it's, it's sort of a player. It's sort of a player like, why did you not put him in your game week one team? Because you knew he was going to be playing up front with Tony. I mean, I've never seen Bradford oh, play before. I've no idea how they're going to perform in front. Oh, so you, oh, so you don't you didn't know much about Brentford? I didn't know much about how they were going to cope in the Premier League. No. Did you have Tony in your team or not? Not in my own team, no. No, you didn't. I mean, fair enough, but I don't know. I, 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 I'd prefer Tony to him, Bremo, as in as a player on on FPL because Tony's just more clinical. Also on pens as well. Would you consider Embremo and Tony in a team, like on your FBL team, then, or what? At their price, yeah, I would. 5.5 and 6.3. The way they link up is just superb. Uh, I think they've got, they've both got big holes in them, 100%. And, and this good fixture run, you know, they're only playing Man United at home in, in a stretch of 10 game weeks. You know, I think there's big potential for points. The way, the way Brentford play, only really these two are scoring goals, unless it's a set piece. Um, Umbumo, as I heard all the commentators calling him, Umbumo is the man for the watch list. So you think he'd outscore Bailey if they were both playing week in, week out? With his fixture on, yeah. I prefer his fixtures to Bailey. Bailey's got some tough ones in there. Mm. I mean, Bailey's a lot more clinical, as proven in the Bundesliga as well. Wait, let me I just check. We got a stick and boom on six, 5.5 mil. I feel like you're a bit late to the party with Bruno. No, we'll be hopping on the party in gaming nine when he plays Leicester and bags two goals. He, he's got awful finishing. And I, I mean, my, even my friend who's a Brentford fan says he's shit. But I mean, we can put him on if you want. He's got to go on. I'm convinced this man's I just, got a six I just can't see it. I can't see us making the transfer to bring him in. I just, I just could never see us in that He's position. He's in a neighbour, Jota to Mbuma. Yeah, but why would you do that when there's a lot better midfielder? Why don't you just Not, go... There is much better at 5.5 million at all. Decore? I'd prefer Decore to this guy. Saar, Gray, uh, Odegaard. I'm not convinced. I really like the look of this guy. I watched him play against Wolves and I really like the look of him. So, so after going to get to game at nine, he scored one goal and missed ten chances. We're going to do what we did with him and Ed, bring him in, and hope that he scores. Trust me, he's got a double-digit hole coming. Yeah, but one did double-digit hole in ten games isn't it? Won't be good enough. He's a good option at five point five million. So he's if we get out of position, yeah, but that's not necessarily. A good that's not necessarily means that he's straight in the FPL. I mean, I put him on the watch list, but I wouldn't be convinced with bringing him in anytime soon. I think it's Tony or Brentford defence. Again, it's, I don't know, doubling up on Brentford is, and not going with their defence. It's an interesting idea. But I've seen people do it. I've put him on there, but I'm not convinced. All right. On to the strikers then. You can go first. I'll, I'll start us off, yeah. So, another player with three tough games in a row coming up. But then, a fixture swing where he only plays one top six team in his next ten fixtures. Steve Antoni. On penalties, as you said, Tom. Very good fixtures. 
looks really cool, really confident, links up brilliantly with Mbumo. They, they, if it's not a set piece, these two are linking up to score. They're gonna be they're gonna be a good partnership this season, and I think we can see quite a few goals from them. And with good fixtures and their confidence building as well, as they they both scored against Wolves, I think we can expect to see points from these two. And even the, I'll put it out there: the triple up with Rare in goal is is not. I would not be against that on in game nine. I genuinely think Brentford have that quality. I was super impressed by how they played, uh, and I would be willing to take that risk with very very cheap players. How are you gonna? How would you get three Brentford players though in game nine? The wild card. Obviously, we don't have the wild card. Wild card. No, but I can I can see us easily getting from from one of our three midfielders, Rafinha, Barnes, or Jota, to Mbumo. Jimenez could easily become someone like Tony in a few weeks' time. And then it's just the keeper. Now, that's not a tra- priority chance for Wisley, but I, I'm just so impressed by Brentford. I, I really think it's it's time to invest in a few weeks, as long as they look good in the next few. So, is this your first game you've watched Brentford play, or did you watch them against Arsenal as well? I watched them against Arsenal as well. So, why did we sell Tony then in our team? We didn't do it on the wildcard, we did it before. Why would we sell Tony if you were that impressed? Because they played Palace and Villa, and I wasn't that impressed. So they played Palace. Sorry, they played Palace, and I wasn't that impressed. So realistic game wasn't that impressed. Arsenal at home, Tony didn't really actually get that many chances at all. He scores one one goal from a set piece away at Villa. I still wasn't very convinced. No goal against Brian. Still wasn't convinced. Watched them against Wolves, and really, really impressed by the way they play. I think there's more to come where that came from. I mean, so he goes, so he gets one goal and one assist, and then all of a sudden he's a he, he needs to be owned, and you want to triple up on Brighton after they beat after on Brentford, even though they were that even though they were as impressive against Arsenal, and Tony did look good against Arsenal. He just he was playing more of a provider, which he, I think he'll do all season. I mean, I like Tony. I just don't know why we sold him still. But surely you're going to stick to him if he was. I, I wasn't convinced in the first two game weeks. And even when he scored against Villa, wasn't convinced. Didn't score against Brian. But this performance against Wolves, this is by far their best performance of the season, in my opinion. Better than the Arsenal performance. Yeah, but um, all he did was score a pen. That's not all he did. Did you watch the game? No, but FPL-wise, all he did was score a pen. He, he was superb. Created more chance from Bumo. Missed a couple. Yeah, he, exactly. He was, just, he was everywhere. He had such a good game. And it's his confidence that's there now. He, he's yeah, he... getting you to the Premier League. And he's going to be flying in the next few weeks after the... Chris, Tony doesn't need confidence. You're not hear the way he talks. He, confidence doesn't make a difference. He has confidence even if he's playing badly. Yeah, Tony is not... confidence when you score and confidence just without scoring. No, when, but you're, he's... when you're scoring as a striker, it's a, different, it's a different level of confidence. This man's going to keep it up. That is the most reactionary thing I've heard. So you think he's going to score in the next four? How many times is he going to score in the next four? If, you, if they're playing that well, then yeah, he's got to be scoring at least two or three times. No, he's on the watch list because he's got tough fixtures. No, but no, but if you're that impressive, Brentford, they, he can do it against anyone if, he's, if they're that good. Surely yeah, he's on the watch list for the good fixtures. No, I don't care about the watch list though. But if you're saying they're that good against Wolves, then surely he can score against West Ham. I I, th- I think that Tony is a better option than Jimenez in the next three. Oh yeah, I prefer Tony to Jimenez. I I never liked him as 
Like, we wouldn't do him and Tony this game week. Well, if you think that, why aren't we doing him and Tony? Well, we could do him and Tony. Well, you're, you're that confident. I, I really like the look of him. But with, with Liverpool and Chelsea, there's one goal tops in those two games, in my opinion. West Ham away, there's a goal and an assist there, I reckon. Um, but I think Jimenez, we brought him in because he's got good fixtures. The man plays Leeds and Newcastle in the next four, which is why I want to keep hold of him. Yeah, no, I no, I like Tony as an option, but it's just all of a sudden you want double bright or triple bright, triple Brentford after they were so impressive against Arsenal, and we didn't transfer any of them in. as a team. They were as as a team, they were very impressive. And I mean, they haven't scored many goals yet, though. Which is the only problem. They've created a lot of chances, though. Yeah, but that's the that's the thing. They've created a lot of chances, but Embraer has, hasn't scored them. If it was if it was Tony and uh, say it was Tony and Wilson, I thought, then yeah, you'd you'd be happy with getting Tony because he's going to be bag, he's going to be bagging like twenty assists a game. But it's Embraer. That's the thing. That's the that's the only problem. I mean. I mean, I like Tony definitely, and he's definitely a player I'd happy have in my team. But I can't, I wouldn't want him Buemo as well. I don't think. I, I, I always, I think he's just as good an option as Gallagher and Gray. He's going to get more opportunities than both of them. But he's not as he's not as good of a player as both. And I could even get that. I could even get that from a player that watches Brentford week in week out to admit that at the stadium and been a Brentford fan all his life. Said that he's not as. He right. scored his first goal of the season, and Boomer against Wolves. That's there's a confidence change there when you score your first goal in the Premier League. They're both going to start scoring more. I, I can guarantee it. So he's just suddenly going to get good at finishing. The, I think every striker that you will talk to says that he's scoring not goals just changes them to a different level. He plays up front, Tom. Just yeah, changes but they. You level you get more confidence you you take more shots that you wouldn't have taken otherwise your movements better your reactions are better when you score goals it makes a big difference and the way they played is going to fill them with so much confidence and, and they will carry them through the next few games and in Bremo switched to the switch last season in the um championship when they when they ch- they changed it up sometimes and he didn't play up front all the time just to just to let you know so You've got, to, you've got to be. I'm, I mean, I don't think they would change their formation if they're doing well. But I don't, I don't like the fact that you think they score one goal and now he's suddenly going to fly when he can, when his finishing's been awful. I didn't say he's going to fly. I think he's going to be a lot better in terms of FPL points. At five point five million, you can't forget his price point. Anyway, Tom, come here, your striker. Yeah, but just quickly though, if you forget his price point, but at the end of the day, if we're going to be playing him every week, I don't really think his price point matters because you got to be getting points from these players. Because if he's a player, you're happy. To, if you if you're happy to have eight attacking players, and you want to rotate him, bro, then yeah, look at his price point. But if you're going to be playing him every game week, I think that doesn't matter. You've just got to be. You've got to be every week. Brought back big money and at the back. You know, there's not necessarily the we don't necessarily play in Bumo every week, and so. So how are we going to get all those transfers done? That's that's the that's the thing to think about, isn't it? Because if you want to get Embraimo Tony, and then we want to get four at the back, so that's probably what Rudiger or Cancelo. That's, that's three like a... transfers right there. Williams, Williams in, Jota out, Jimenez out. You know, there's three transfers right there. Barnes out. You know, 
they you can't have... make all of them in one week, though. Oh, Tom, they're on the watch list, which means they won't be in for a few weeks. Yeah, game week nine. So we're going to have to... You want to roll a transfer? Tom, we've already decided this pre-pod. Yeah, but... Yeah, well, well, not necessarily, as you were just saying about making him and Tony as a transfer, which we won't do, but... I'm not. I'm not convinced that we don't. We don't make a transfer either this week. But anyway, I'll put my player out there, um, which I don't think he's going to win. Even though I think he's probably a better pick. But well, I don't know if he's a better pick than Tony, but he's definitely a better pick than Bueno. Uh, Jesus, but I don't think there's much point in me talking about him because we've seen. I mean, he's going. He's going to play most games in the City attack. That's better than the Brentford attack, but. They'll score more goals than Brentford this season, by far. Yeah, Man City have got a lot of other players that will score goals with the Bruyne coming back for them. And Bumo and Tony, open play goals is one of those two. Jesus, I'm not convinced he scores many goals. Gets a few assists, yeah, the way he plays. I don't think he's getting too many goals this season. I think he outscores in Bruno in the next 10. He might score more goals than Bumo, but he's got... He's no, FPL points. FPL points. I don't care about scoring goals because I think he'll be. I think he can be the assister. I would say now they get a similar amount of points between this game week and game week fifteen. Want to put that on it? Yeah. Okay. Wait. Let me just quickly check Jesus' fixtures first. So we're not. This isn't Tony. This is in Bremo because I would agree that Tony would probably outscore Jesus. So we're saying this is Bremo versus Jesus. What? Who? So okay. So you think he's gonna? You think in Bremo, whatever his name is, he's gonna outscore Jesus in the next? He'll be within five points. He'll be either five points less to any points more than Jesus in ten game weeks time. Okay. And that is so from now, from now till game week fifteen. All right. Fine. Fiver. It's done. Fiver for charity. That. So what? So come game week. All right. So that, let's just write down their points. So how many points is your your man in Bremo on now? Not as many as Jesus. No, no. As in, 17. no. I need to know so I can write it down. How many is he on? Seventeen. Okay. Bremo. Okay. All right. So two game week fifteen. All right. Sounds good to me. Let's just hope Jesus doesn't lose his place in the city team. Or uh, that that won't be very good. Because if Embremo just gets two points every game and Jesus decides not to turn up, then he will outscore him. But that's fine. I'm happy with that. But um, we can put Tony on the watch list if you want. As long as he outscores in Bremo, I don't mind that. All right, all right, perfect. Um, <laughs> that was a good. I think that was a good watch this debate. To be fair, good discussion. Even on. Yeah. What are we moving Switching on to? Game for game six. I'll start us off. Chelsea versus City. I think this will be. Uh... Chelsea win actually Chelsea just been so good defensively Man City 
I'm not convinced by their attack. I think Chelsea also cut some pressure. A lot of passing around from City, but Kaku bag one on the counter. Game's done two 0 Wait, wait a second. We haven't we haven't said who we're captain. You can come to our after prediction. All right. Uh, um, Chelsea. Hmm. I'm going to say I think Chelsea will win but then I feel like Pep's going to bounce back after this Southampton game De Bruyne and Foden are back I'm going to go for 2-1 City no 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 I'm going to go for 1-0 1-0 this time Tuchel won't get get the upper hand over Pep alright well, let's see. Next game, Man United versus Villa. Uh, 3-1 United. 1-1. Not convinced by Manchester United at home. I still don't think... I think Villa will be confident after beating Everton 3-0. They're going to go to Old Trafford. They'll, they'll defend. Mings will pocket Ronaldo 1-1. I'm not convinced. We'll see. Everton versus Norwich. I've gone with an Everton win. Only 2-1 then. Uh, 3-1 Everton. Yeah, it's hard to expect Norwich to win. They're really heading for the drop. Yeah. Everton will bounce back as well. Okay. Leeds versus West Ham. Interesting. There's got to be goals in this one. Yeah, three uh, two West Ham. Yeah, three one for me. That's the that's my worry this week about team nine ten. We'll come to that in a minute. Okay, Leicester Burnley. I'm gonna go one one. Three 0 Leicester. They'll turn on. They'll turn up the heat. Barnes is going to score. Sean Dyche, masterclass. You wait. Let's just hope you're not watching that game. Actually, you can't watch the game. Sean Dyche will be annoying you, that's for sure. Yeah, when he gets, gets Matt Lowen to boot the crap out of Harvey Barnes. <laughs> we'll see. Just boot everyone out the game. And then Vardy scores the winner and does some celebration. Next game. I've gone a bit differential. I've gone with Watford to lose 2-1 to Newcastle. Mm, yeah, not bad. Um, I was thinking of a draw, but I think I'll go 2-1 Watford. Up the Magpies. I think I think Sam Axman's playing well. And Joe Linton or Almiron will score in this one. I just think they're getting chances. Sam Axman's going to create chances for them. Um, Watford at home? It's a tough one to call, I think. It could go either way. Just the way Newcastle are, could easily go either way. I'm going to back Newcastle, though. Yep, fair enough. Uh, what's the next game? Brentford versus Liverpool. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I backed Brentford at the start of the se- like season too well, so I do think they do well, but I'm going to go... I'm going to go 2-0 uh, Liverpool. This will be a really tough game for Liverpool. 
I think they might just come out on top though, 2-1. Tony or Mbuma will score, probably Mbuma. Mbuma will get some massive chances in this game, I can guarantee it. Yep. So if he misses them. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> okay. I, I, just quickly, just quickly though, I'm not saying that Mbuma won't score this week. It's across 10 games, do you remember that? So next week on the pod, if he does score, it doesn't matter. Because he's across, it's the long term, it's the long term. Yeah, I'm still Just, convinced they'll win. Yeah, Liverpool will win, yeah. Let's go. Let's just hope Trent returns with a bang. Very disappointing after his honour. Let's hope he's fit enough to play. That would make a difference, though, if he doesn't play, I think. But Milner's good enough to slot him, so. Um, might be more defensively sound. Milner did play. Saints versus Wolves, Tom. Uh, I think it's a good. I'm gonna go nil nil. The Garden Centre game. I don't know if it would be a Garden Centre game. I think it could either be. I think it'd be. A, I think it'd be either a really good nil nil game, or there'd be a couple of goals. I'm going to win this one. To two goals to nil. For who? Wolves. Wolves. Mm. I'm not convinced. I'm not convinced. Sounds like good. I'm then going on to predict Arsenal to level on points with Tottenham after game week six. 2 1 Arsenal. Oh, yeah. Tottenham on the mouse. Oh, yeah. I'm going. Uh, I'll go 2 1 Spurs. Can't back against Spurs. Some will score in this one, I think. North London Derby after back Spurs. And finally, Palace versus Brighton Monday night football. We'll have a. We won't have any players in this one, but there'll be a f- some some high end players. Well, they'll only really be Sanchez, won't they? Playing Gallagher for, for me. Gallagher for you, of course. I've nice gone one one. Two one Palace. Okay. Also, Kane Kane will score this weekend against Arsenal. He always does, no matter how bad he's playing, he'll score. Even if it's a ten on ten. Does it every game? This week. He will not score no, this weekend. Kane and Son. Kane and Son will. I would make another bet of you, but we'll run out of money if we keep making bets on this board. <laughs> so, um, there's the 10 games done. For captaincy, I think the way our team is, Nesta making a transfer, I don't want to bet against Salah. I think it'll be, it will be a tough game for Liverpool, but I can see a goal for Salah. A punt on Jota could also be on the cards, I would say. But with his minutes getting managed, is is a big risk. Um, I would probably say Antonio's the best option this week, but we can't get to him without getting rid of Bamford, and we want Bamford for the long term. So we need to make take a minus four to get rid of Jimenez to get to Antonio, which I don't think is worth it. So I think we stick with how we are this week and hope for Wolves to perform and Captain Salah. I think if Bamford's injured, it's straight to Antonio and Captain Antonio. I don't know. I feel like there's a lot of points. If he's not injured, then definitely not. But I don't know. I feel like there's a lot of points to go in there. But like you said, I wouldn't want to bet against Salah. But now I'm every time I'm going to be worried about Salah being bench. Now you said that. I'm, what you saying on Friday? Um, but no, I wouldn't be bothered about Captain Salah. But I do think though, if Bamford's injured, there's a lot of points to gain. But I think there's a massive points to win to go. But then, like you said, Bamford does have good fixtures. 
depends how long he's out for. If he is out. out for long at all. I think we keep Bamford unless he's definitely missing West Ham and then the one week partner Antonio is on the cards. Sure, but that's something we can discuss off pod. Um, but other than that, as another episode rounded up, hopefully the transition between the first section and the second section wasn't too wasn't too bad. So it actually turned out to be quite a long episode, Tom. I think we talked about the watch list for quite a while. We had a had some strong opinions, both of us, which was uh, quite interesting, let's say. But in general well, Let's in just general, say Oh, go on. Oh, yeah, give, give me some bloody time to get my words out, honestly. Um, in general, decent episode as as per normal. Um, we're back next week, hopefully on a Thursday. We have to record on Tuesday this week. We wanted to get a proper episode out because last week we couldn't record a full episode, so we had to get out early because we're busy the next couple of days. But hopefully next week we'll be back to normal uh, with a normal episode on a, on a Thursday about an hour long hour and 20 but that's all I've got to say yeah I know I just feel a bit bad for you you'll be losing a lot of money in the by the end of the season so you're lucky but no yeah definitely a good, I think it was a good discussion I like it when we actually have we have strong opinions on the players and the watches it makes it like 10 times better I do think it's a, I do think it's one of our best additions we added to the pod over the whole time we've been podding for sure brings out some good discussions um, but yeah I know I mean, we'll post our team on Instagram. Hopefully, it's a better game week than last week. And we, yeah, like we're saying, probably, probably won't make a transfer. And we'll be back next week. But for now, Chris, it was it was a pleasure, like you said, as usual. And the best of luck with the game week, everyone. Yeah, good luck, everyone.